Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome into the Bear Den. Uh, I am Matt Workman, and I am joined uh, once again, as always, by Joe Goodman. Joe, how's it going, sir? It is going stupendous. We are just barreling towards uh, college football season starting. It was a big week. I mean, normally we do, in, you know, this is kind of like our intro news section, and there's not really a lot of news, but we had a huge piece of news. I guess it was last Monday night. With the commitment, you know, the, or I guess the reaffirmation or recommitment, that's how you, however you want to say it, of one uh, Austin Novosad. So we were talking during this whole thing, and we were like in a like thread with like Peter Pope, and so whenever there was like this announcement, like hey, it's going to be an announcement, you were on kind of on the fence, like oh, he's probably going to flip. How My- did you feel whenever he? Like, My brain just went to this and like I, this isn't an indictment on any anybody's like way that they want to commit to anything. I'm not I'm not trying to like be upset at anybody, but my my logic just went to like if somebody says they're going to make an, a recruiting announcement after they're already committed somewhere, like I just go to assume that means that they have different news than their previous news. So like, yeah, which is when logical. I heard like Austin Novosad has some recruiting news, he's already committed to Baylor. I was just like, Oh, I guess this just means that it's likely he's going somewhere else. Yeah. And you're not the only one. Cause I, I texted some, some other friends and I was like, Hey, or kind of just like shared the tweet. And I was like, Oh, it's probably he's, he's flipping, you know, everyone thought that even people who like Aggies on there said like, he, he, you know, he's flipping. Cause I mean, like you said, he never decommitted. Right. You know, out there and said, like, I'm, you know, he just took other visits and the coaches were cool with like, all right. And then, you know, they kept in contact with him. And in the end, it all worked out to where, he, you know, he said he's, you know, locked in. I I, I saw a tweet. It might it was either from somebody from like Rivals or on three. I can't remember. But it was uh, Austin Novosad 
commits to Baylor for a, becomes the first recruit to commit to a school twice without ever decommitting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just thought that was funny, but I, I know it's, um, huge. it's a huge one thing that I did hear people like Peter, uh, you mentioned earlier, like he was talking about was, you know, this is, it's a reaffirmation. It's like telling the fan base, like, Hey, I know I've gone out and talked to other schools during the recruiting cycle, but I just want everybody to know, like, before I get into my senior year, I'm, I'm letting y'all know that I'm sticking, I'm sticking with my commitment yeah. and I'm loyal. And, and that's what it was. Yeah. And the, the act itself, whenever you think like he was, he's right now, I think he was according to 24 seven, he's like the number 11 quarterback in the country. And he's a top, 100 player i think he's like the 89 top 89 number 89 mm-hmm. in the, of all players and so you look at it and you're like okay well ohio state definitely went at him hard and i thought he was going to flip when he took that official i was like well he's definitely going to go to ohio state because like grayson grun ever says like he you know that quarterback coach which is also the head coach is going to have like three consecutive quarterbacks go in the first round and they've done an amazing job of pulling kids out of Texas. Like CJ yeah. Stroud, I'm pretty sure he's from Texas. Um, he's a California kid. Is he? Then it was the one they had before him. I don't. I don't remember who it was, but they had. Uh, yeah. They they um, they've done well in the state of Texas. No, their 2024 recruit quarterback recruit is from I think, uh, Denton Geyer. He been he's like the number one quarterback of, of that class. Got and it. He's he's from Denton. So yeah, they but they do like all their receivers are from Texas. Just about like. You go back to, um, you know, in the past. I mean, they they're good about getting kids out of Texas for sure. J T. Barrett, I think that's who it was too. He was, yeah, he was out of Texas, and he was a great quarterback for him. Like he's one of the ones that was, you know, um, I want to say he was he was in the first round. Was he? I don't know. No, he was undrafted. He went undrafted. Cool. That's lame. But anyway, no, they they've had success taking kids out of Texas. So I I was with you. Um, I know there was like the Notre Dame offer and he and he went up and visited there, but I always felt it was a three headed race between us, um, Ohio State and Texas A&M, just considering um, from what I've heard, that's that's who he grew up rooting for. That's where his family's from. Um, Like both of his parents are alumni at A&M. So, I mean, that's a big deal to to get that offer. Yeah. And I think A&M got, you know, kind of played themselves because they thought. They could so slow play him because he was like a, a legacy, so to speak. You know, grew up rooting for AM, but they didn't offer him till like late. You know, he has already committed when they offered him, and he had been committed since December. Um, that Ohio and State I think a away. big thing with Nova said is AM is still flirting with other quarterback recruits. Yeah. And it's the same weekend, the like well, that weekend he committed, he went to AM on, on Friday. They had a uh, um, I think Malachi Nelson, who's a, yeah, Malachi Nelson, who they're really going hard after. Which, I mean, that just goes into like they, they want to look really good on paper, right? They want to have the number one recruiting class and all that stuff. But you know, I don't know if how much they're relying on like actual evaluations. Well, the, I mean, I think Jimbo's recruiting well, and and I, I don't think Anna did anything wrong. I think Baylor just played it a different way, and that, um they stayed loyal to Novosat where they basically, yeah. when he committed, they said, we won't, we're not going to bring anybody else. We're not going to recruit anybody else into your cycle. You're the, you are the recruit. And even after he started going, visiting places like Ohio state, like Notre Dame, like Texas A&M, Baylor still didn't offer another quarterback. Baylor still wasn't out there recruiting anybody else. And they were telling him along the way, 
you're still our guy. Like, go do what you got to yeah. do, but you're still who we're, who we're hanging our hat on. Yeah, and I was reading the Athletic did a story about his the recruitment, and I, there's some, something in there that I didn't know. So, like, on the early signing day in December of 21, the day Austin committed, like, so we had a commit for 2022 named Zach Pyron, who's out of Alabama, and he had committed Correct. to Baylor and then decommitted and committed to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. And the first time I heard this was in this athletic article where Pyron tried to flip on signing day back to Baylor. And Baylor, you know, said there's no room or, you know, basically said we're good with our 2023 commit. And they just, they didn't take him back. And that kind of also showed um, Austin, like, yo, you're our guy for the future. You're the next guy up basically in this uh, cycle. So, and, and they stayed true to that. They didn't offer any more quarterbacks, like you said. They Even whenever he was looking around, they weren't start throwing offers out or even hosting guys. So, yeah, they, they played it in a way that kind of demonstrated their commitment to him, and it, it worked out. Absolutely. And, and it, you know, that's how this staff um, expresses how they are, and it, it just kind of, like, shows, like, actions and words are kind of yeah. similar. And it kind of goes like the whole mantra of, you know, the person over player thing is is kind of demonstrated through that. Like they have a, a relationship with also Noah said the person. So if you think it's better for you to go and, you know, take visits, talk to those coaches, go for it. We're still going to communicate. We're still going to keep in contact with you, but we feel you need to do what's best for you to make sure that you're making the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But it's it's a huge commitment when you can stack up those names of like Baylor won this recruiting battle over the likes of Notre Dame, even though I don't know how much they were in it and Ohio State and A and M. It's it's good. It, it could only bode well for finishing out this recruiting class. Absolutely, you know there are going to be other kids that see this that that have Baylor on their list, and um, I'm not comparing him to Arch Manning, but you saw the effect that just Arch Manning committing to Texas had when you've got yeah. a quarterback a known commodity, a big name that could have gone to anywhere in the country, really. Uh, other recruits see that and they start committing. And so now that you've got Austin Novosad on board and committed, there's going to be kids that have Baylor on their list that are going to pick Baylor because of that. Yeah. And also, um, it, it was fortuitous that it was that same week. I don't know if you saw this, um, but I read this also in The Athletic. Like, it was... Um, Britton Venables had was talking about this exact thing, kids who commit or um, and then want to take visits to other places. Basically, he said, um, if you're going to do that, just might as well decommit. We're not we don't want you taking visits other way if you're committed to Oklahoma. And he got roasted, of course, because that's the that's not the it's not going to, you know, make you endear yourself, I guess, to recruits. So so. And then Baylor kind of did the exact opposite and they stuck their guy. So it doesn't yeah. always work out that way, but I mean, why? I, I just don't get that mentality. If I'm a recruit, even if, even if I am a hundred percent committed to Oklahoma, if I can get a trip to Notre Dame to like go hang out there, get, get, you know, wined and dined yeah. as much as they do with these kids these days, like, I, of course or you anywhere. could do that. Yeah. Yeah. If USC wants to fly me out to LA, for a weekend, yeah, I'm going. Or Miami, or you know, of, think about the places you go. You go. Of course, I'm going to do that. 
but even like you said, Notre Dame, yeah, I'm going to go in the summer to Notre Dame and get to see all the historical cool stuff that's at Notre Dame. Right. Like I want to go see the, because I'm a good high school football player, I get to go to the Notre Dame locker room. Yes. Yes. I'll do that, please. Yeah. And that's like, like with Austin, I think like he, when he took his official to Ohio state, like he got to meet like Joe Burrow, you know, those are the type of things that, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get, that's a cool thing to do. (laughs) I want to miss out on life experiences just because they want me to stay in Norman. Go to the big house or go to the horseshoe. I mean, um, and meet all these, you know, NFL players and get flown out there for free. And so, yeah, so yeah, of course I've, I've never been the one who would judge a kid for doing that. Yeah. It, that's a very, it just, uh, it seems like a very Brent Venables thing to say too. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we'll talk more about him later when we uh, get to our Oklahoma uh, preview section. Um, but speaking of Oklahoma, you got to see a, native Oklahoman last night. I want to hear more about your experience. Well, have you, yeah, I, I went and saw Garth Brooks at energy stadium last night. It was the, the last leg of the North American part of his three year long stadium tour that he's been on. So this was his last show here. I think he's going to the UK to do a couple and that's, that's the true end of the tour, but he's done in he's done in the States and Canada. Um, and I mean, it was amazing. It's, it was a Garth Brooks yeah. show. Have you ever seen him before? I haven't seen him live. Like, I mean, I guess I've seen a concert. And so I know the spectacle that it involved, but I've never been in person there. So he was, I went to see him probably when I was 10. I was a kid. Uh, the first time I saw him, it was at the summit or compact center, or whatever oh. it was called at that point in Houston, where the Rockets played before the Toyota center. Um, is, does that still exist? Yes, it's Lakewood Church now. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay, <laughs> moving on, moving on. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> um, yeah, where the Rockets won two championships is now where Joel Osteen calls his home. Um, yeah, let's quickly move on. I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, that was that was a part of, I think, his like double live tour that he did, uh, which that album that he put out was probably one of his best-selling albums. Um, so my whole life, Every concert I've been to, you always have the Garth Brooks experience in the back of your head. Like, yeah, um, Dex mentioned this on Twitter, Twitter last night, where he talked about how, you know, that was his first time seeing Garth Brooks. And he was like, now every concert he goes to, he's going to be like, man, that was good. But was Brooks. And that's that's been my experience throughout my whole life. Every time I go to a show, even if it's great, there is something different about a Garth Brooks show because he feeds off the energy. The crowd realizes that there the whole time i mean it was a three-hour concert we didn't sit down in the entire concert and it we weren't down on the floor like we were in the stands and everybody around us and us are standing up it's like being at um just an epic rowdy college football game except it's one of the greatest country music singers of all time yeah it's um it i can't imagine it because i know like when he played at tiger stadium in baton rouge how crazy it got there and then I had friends, you know, that were in DFW area. I guess he was there earlier in the week. Yes. And they wrapped up in uh, Houston. I mean, so, yeah. it was it, I, I it was just as good as I remember it being. There are so many things in life that you experience as a kid that when you go back and experience them as you get older, you're like, wow, this doesn't hit the same way I remember it hitting back when I was whatever age. 
Garth Brooks, it's like this is this is almost even better than I remember it being because, man, the dude is 60 now and yeah, he's still sprinting around the stage and he's still just uh, everything about it. Like a lot of it is like there's a lot of things that he does to seem spontaneous that in the back of your head, like this is probably scripted, but it's still so good and you eat it up and the way that he talks to and interacts with the crowd and the way that the crowd feeds it back to him. Like that's, that's probably the biggest thing is that everybody around you is singing the entire time. Everybody like I, my, my throat hurts a little bit from last night. Cause I, I, I sang every single song. Yeah. So I went to one time I went to like Ozfest back in probably 2002, I would think. And so that year they had the, the headliner was, it was the original members of black Sabbath. And then opening right directly for them was Judas Priest, right? And they're old then. Like they these were both old bands. And I it's Ozfest, so you're there the whole day. And I'm seeing like Slipknot and all these, you know, more current bands. And I was just wiped out. In my head, I was like, okay, during Judas Priest, I'm just gonna sit here and maybe I'll take a nap in my because I had a seat at least. And then they came out and that was the that was the best show of the whole thing, was Judas Priest. And I was just like, and you think like, you know, in your head, you think these guys at the time, like at Rob Halford, they're probably in their sixties. Right. Um, and they're just like, just going hard. And it was an amazing show better than black Sabbath because at the time, like Ozzy didn't really move really well. So it was <laughs> hard to watch, even though it was the original members of black Sabbath. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of the experience right there, man. It's just like these old dudes that they, you know, I look at it this way. Like there are, there are two types of uh, like musical artists. There are, they're the guys that they just really want to make badass music and like they tour because people want them to. And then there's guys that tour because they love to tour. And that's like, that's Garth. Like he is out there because he's like, Oh my God, I want to feed off of this energy. It's amazing. You can't get enough people watching him. Um, and then probably one of the cooler parts last night was uh Trisha came out. Yeah. And so they 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 do a duet of shallow together and then she sings um she's in love with the boy. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Um another thing that started this weekend was uh fall camp. It's football season, Joe. So have you yeah. it's, got it's to officially football season? Like this is like fall camp. I've so I've watched a couple of like the random interviews, like after day one, and some of the player interviews that they like put up Baylor Athletics puts up on YouTube. Um, have you been able to kind of catch any news or anything that has intrigued you so far? I think it's like we're three days in, so there hasn't been a, a lot of stuff. But um, luckily, the, the the biggest one that I think I've seen this week was was Shapen talking about how i think he said something along the lines of like the pressure makes him a better quarterback yeah and and i think that's the one that people have really latched on to um is there anything that you think that you're especially watching to to keep up with during fall camp any kind of um position group or the biggest position position group that i care about this year is is wide receiver um, yeah. I think I think we're losing a lot, especially in the defensive back uh, backfield and at the linebacker position. 
on the defensive side of the ball. But I really, really trust Aranda and Roberts, especially in year three in this system, the guys that they have coming up to at least be good enough. Um, but yeah. I, I will be really interested to see, like, is it going to be the young guys like um, Armani starting? Is it going to be the guys that have been around for a couple of years and uh, understand the grime system a little bit better? Um, but I think that's the biggest question mark that I have because I think Shaven can sling it and he can throw it deep. Um, but we really won't know a whole lot about him if he, if we don't have guys out there that are able to get open. Yeah. And I think you're so like, I want to say if I was going to make a wager, I would say probably you can probably pencil in Monterey Baldwin as one starter. Yeah, I've seen his name thrown around a lot. Just he's a, I would say he's a slot receiver, definitely a slot receiver, um, just because of his size. And he's he's a shorter kid, but he's blazing fast. Um, I think I've heard good things. Like apparently, Hal Presley's back. Like he was, I think, hurt during spring, so he really didn't participate. But apparently, he's looked great of the first three days, and kind of looks like your prototypical like outside receiver. And so it's really – I think he's one of the ones that you could see step up along with Armani who's just polished for being a freshman as far as running routes and, you know, what he does really well. It's f- footwork and things of that nature I've heard so far. And he's looked really good, so he could be one of the ones to step up. So, yeah, that's the probably the most intriguing one. I would also say running back, but I think with the offensive line, I'm, they, I'm less they, concerned. They have less – there's – it's almost, and this isn't taking it away, but it's almost like plug and play where yeah. we have talented guys at running back and with the line that's blocking in front of them, it's sh- like, I'm less worried about that than I yeah. am about wide receiver. And I just think the offense is going to look a little different because you don't have Gary there who could, you know, get a hard yards for you if you needed to just make it hard 11, man. <laughs> and then you don't have Abram who's going to lower it and just bulldoze folks. You know, especially if you're starting the ones that they've the most mentioned are you have Squirrel Williams, who's also a, a slight kid. Um, and Tay McWilliams is more of what you would think about as your your bigger power back, I, I would think. Correct. And so that's gonna be an interesting dynamic on that side. But I'm less concerned because if Squirrel Williams can stay healthy, if it's one cutting downhill, like he'll a lot of times he's gonna be gone. If he has a seam, you're not catching him. Yeah. He is he is the lightning to the thunder. But um I have read what about um, um what about Josh Fleeks? He's I'm I'm he's fully like a third down back. I would think he's one like when it's a third down where you may need to throw it out of backfield. I think that's his since he's converted from wide receiver you're going to see him probably used more in the passing game i would think i mean just based on the spring i haven't heard anything about it so far in uh camp but he wasn't that he didn't look like he was putting that you know making that cut and going and following he looked like he's a little bit timid in that regard Got it showed like he was getting eat eat up then again you're playing unfortunately he had to go against like the one defensive line so that's i mean i don't know how much luck anyone's gonna have so when you're doing that so 
but yeah, I mean, but going back to uh, Squirrel Williams, I think that the coaches expect no matter your size, like you're going to blow your shoulder and you're, you're expected to make contact regardless, no matter who you are. It is so, a, this offense has a name. It is the RVO. It's the yeah. reliable, violent offense. It's not a uh, get out of bounds offense. Yeah. Whoever you are, you're going to make contact and push the pile. That's it. Um, on the other side of the ball, there are a couple of things I read that are uh, interesting developments is the replacement for, for Jalen Petrie. Um, we had all assumed kind of is going to be Lorando Johnson, whose nickname is Snacks, and so that's what I'm going to call him. So I thought it was going to be him because he was the backup all last year. Um, but it turns out that they've kind of done some position moving and Snacks is now working with the cornerbacks and Al Wolcott is working with the star position. So, and he's built more like I think Petrie is. Mm-hmm. And he's a bigger, you know, body. As far as weight, I think he's probably somewhere around two. Al Wolcott can bring, he can, he can bring the hammer down if he has to. So, I mean, I think it's, if you, if you read or listen to um, what Travis has said about it, like he's been all in on this all summer about moving Al Wolcott to star because to for the run support and what he can do off the edge potentially coupled with his speed plus his ability to cover because he was a he ended up a starting cornerback um last year or if, if not starting he played a lot he had the that amazing play in the sugar bowl when he took that interception all the way back like 96 mm-hmm. yards or whatever it was so i mean he can he can fly also so but um and then, of course, the Will linebacker battle was going to be interesting. Who's going to end up being the starter there? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Doyle is going to be taking over that Bernard role, though, I think from what I'm hearing, too. Doyle is, I think, probably solidified as the mic. Well, I mean, in, in the uh, the play calling and yeah, yeah, no, for cerebral sure. sense yeah, of things. Yeah, he's the leader. Like he's... Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as, like, that other the Will position, I think, you know, you have – Josh White, who transferred from LSU, you have um, and Will Williams, I think, are the main ones battling there. And there's others, some freshmen, of course, that are in the mix. But I think the top two are those two guys. And to see how like Will Williams has started, like he was he was running with the ones for the um, spring game and he looked really good. Um, Josh White wasn't on campus yet, but so that's going to be an interesting battle because from all reports and um, Josh White was like, is a freakish athlete in that playing that role, and so it'll be about how ready he is. Yeah, absolutely. And how ready he can get in four weeks. Absolutely. Um, and then of course the secondary—that's a huge question mark because you lost so much, you know. So you know, lost Riley Tejada. You lost. JT Woods, of course, you know, we already talked about Petrie in the star position. So, I mean, who's going to take those roles and can they be as good, better than what we saw last year? Yeah, it'll be it'll be um, a unique year because it's not just replacing guys. It's a tough road schedule on top of that. So a lot yeah. of these guys are going to be thrown to the fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the success this year. That we yeah, six, are coming in. So, if they do great things this year, I mean, it just it would solidify my belief that 
we currently have one of the best coaching staffs in the country. Yeah. And I think what you'll see, I mean, and like you said, I'm, I'm fully confident in like Dave Aranda and Ron Roberts and the players they have, they know. And even though we lost all, what we did, especially all those draft picks, I think they'll be able to – our defense is going to be fine all, when it's all said and done. Agreed, yeah. But, you know, this is only uh, day three, so we got a lot of stuff to come out. And when they, I, mean, I don't know if they've even – I don't think they put on, like, full pads yet. So when the, Abram Smith had a great quote this week with uh, the Saints, basically he said, like, when you put on the pads, you find out who's real. And that's that's exactly it. Yeah. Because um, so, but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, football's here, so it's really exciting to talk football. Yeah, Not man. Realignment. There's and there's there's something that Baylor doesn't have to deal with this year, which is dealing with a brand new head coach. No. And a brand new offensive coordinator. And there's another team in this conference that is having to deal with it that hasn't in, in quite a while. That's that's the Oklahoma Sooners, Matt. Yeah. And when they dealt with it, you know, they they hired from within, right? So Lincoln Riley was the offensive coordinator. They just kind of moved him up. So they, the continuity was right there. I don't think they were really replaced any staff. Yes, yeah, since they've – it has been since, what, 1998, I want to say, was when Stoops got hired that they've had a full yeah. – kind of full upheaval of uh, both the culture and, you know, just staff as a whole of the football program. It's, it's been, uh, it's been a historic amount of continuity that, that Oklahoma has been able to have. And I think that is, you know, there's a lot of reasons for why they've been so consistently good. Um, but I, that's, that's definitely um, something that plays a part is just the pure continuity and understanding of the culture that they had. So they are hitting a bit of a reset button. It's not going to be as extreme considering Venables comes from the Bob Stoops coaching tree. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see um, how they do with just so much new stuff coming in from the quarterback position to, like we said, offensive coordinator. Um, and then, of course, uh, new guy, Brett Venables, the new head man, former defensive coordinator at Oklahoma and then at Clemson. Mm -hmm. um, taking his first gig ever as a head coach. So, Matt, what does Vegas think about okay. the Oklahoma Sooners this year and their their second in a row first time head coach? So they they, they still think very highly of them. Um, and you know they have it at nine and a half is the number for the uh, win totals. Um, and you talk about you know the coaches leaving or you know different coaching staff um they also lost a lot of players who transferred you know so it's not just the new coaching staff you got new faces on the uh actual like personnel so it's how ken venables kind of manages this and i don't know how i've listened to some of his like press conferences or media you know interview sessions and Sometimes he comes off like, I think, well, no, they're not going to be that good. The way he talks is like, there, it's going to be rough. But then other times I think, well, yeah, maybe they'll win like 10 or 11 games. But as far as Vegas goes, they put it 
a high number, nine and a half. And I'm really, I really am stuck. So I want to hear what you think so I can kind of like work my thoughts out about. All right, so I got to sell you on my pick. Okay, I am, I am taking the over. I, uh, I I see nine and a half wins for Oklahoma, uh, and I say I take the over. I look at the schedule as we've done with the other teams that we've we've looked at this year. Um, I look at the schedule and I can find ten wins. Um, I think just looking at it logically, um, there are ten games in there where I can say, yeah, I think they'll win that game. Um, but overall, a, a big part of the reason I think that about Oklahoma is because they are in a special tier of college football of consistency. And it's almost like there's something about the place where they're always pretty good, even when they're bad. Like they're, they're just, they're always going to be tough. They're always going to be, um, you know, a team that's competing. And it's, it's probably because of that massive amount of consistency they've had in the last 25 years, because, that's my entire college football watching life. Ever yeah. since I started watching college football, Oklahoma has been good. So my brain just can't process them not being good. Um, but, you know, okay. let's look at it in a way of like, let's see if we can find 10 wins in the schedule, Matt. And okay. their first game, UTEP at home. Okay. They're going to yeah, win that game. Win, yes. Yep. Next game, Kent State at home. 2-0. and Okay, fine. Then they go to Nebraska. This is where it gets tricky. This is, and I'm going to say, I can talk Oklahoma myself into this. this game. Yeah, I can talk myself into this loss. They only won it by seven last year. As much as I want to see, as it's as funny as it is watching the Nebraska be bad, and as funny as it is watching kind of Scott Frost bumble around, Nebraska, <laughs> Nebraska should have won so many more games last year. They lost all these one possession games. And they only lost Oklahoma by seven in Norman. This game's in Lincoln. Um, and I think new head coach, we know what the Levy offense does in loud um, road environments. As good as that offense can be, it can really struggle when, um, you know, everybody's just not always all the way there because of the crowd that you're experiencing. And I think Nebraska can pull this out. So I think you've got a two and one Oklahoma, Oklahoma team coming out of non-con. So, do you know who Nebraska's uh, new quarterback is? Oh, who is their new quarterback? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, uh, they have what's his name? Uh, Caleb Williams? Uh, no. Casey Thompson from formerly of the University of Texas. Tex- oh, they got the Texas quarterback. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I believe he, had a, he was pretty successful last year against Oklahoma until the defense blew it. But, um, yeah, so it's not – Adrian Martinez, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, so, yeah, I can definitely talk myself into surely Nebraska can't be that unlucky like you were talking about two years in a row. Surely yeah, this might be the some... year where Nebraska just finally, like, they get a little bit better after how bad they've been for a while of just not up to their standards. I don't think yeah. Nebraska will ever go back to being Nebraska. But no. I could see this year being, like, one of those, like, we've won nine games, and one of those games was we beat Oklahoma. Yeah, and I think it's just because everything about college football has changed since, you know, they were elite, elite, right? You're not in the Big 8 or the Big 12 anymore. Um, and everybody's got big, strong kids. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, and exactly that. It's Everyone has big, strong kids. 
with recruiting, everything's changed. Like they're they're never going to go back. They're not. I'm going to go yeah. on a limb and say they're never going to go back to what they were in the you know early to mid '90s. No, they won't. They 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 can be very good, but yes. they will never be what Alabama is today, which is what they used to be. Absolutely. Um. All right. So that's two and that's a two and one Oklahoma team through non-con. You start. Then they've play. got four straight four straight games um, in conference before they get their bye. So they're going to play nine games or not nine games. Sorry. I can't do any math. Um, <laughs> they're going to play what? Seven games, seven games before they're yeah, by before they're by. So a little over half their season. That's not the worst buy in the world, but it is pretty tough, but I look at their schedule and it's not, it's not like it's a murderer's row at this point. Yeah. So you, you've got Kansas state, but it's in Norman at home. Kansas State always plays them tough. But yeah. again, I think I just think that home game aspect of it, I think Oklahoma wins. They're not going to lose at Nebraska, then lose to Kansas State. I think it's a bounce back. They win. They go to Amon G. Carter to play TCU. I don't see TCU beating them, even, even if TCU is at home. Then we've got the Texas game in yeah. the Cotton Bowl. Neutral side, as always, yeah. And I, I just, I don't, I still don't trust Texas to win this football game. I mean, so. I think this is a loss. For Oklahoma. So you're picking this as a loss. Okay. They Texas has to win one. Someday, maybe. I mean, and this is the perfect time. You you're all signs point to Texas offense being very good. And exactly. All this the is a transitional to this being defense. the time Texas wins it, which means Texas is yeah. gonna lose it by 30. <laughs> okay, so I, I have them winning you that one, and win. then they play and and then they play Kansas before they're by. So now you've got you know, you're six and one going into your by game. Okay. You have them at five and two. I'm assuming. I don't think you have them losing to Kansas. I have them at three and three. There's six. Right? No, there's seven games. Okay. Four and three. I have three Four losses. and three. So you're taking them what to lose Kansas state game. Hey, I think they lose Nebraska, then turn around and lose Kansas and then lose to Texas. Kansas state. You mean not Kansas, whatever or both. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I'm on my, no, yes, Kansas State, not Kansas. (laughs) So I'm still at six and one here. We've got at Iowa State coming off of the bye. Um, That's a tough game. Iowa State's going to want to win this game. The end of October. But I just, again, this is for whatever reason. I'm just taking Oklahoma because yeah. it's Oklahoma. I'll go with Oklahoma there too. And then Baylor in Norman. I'm taking Oklahoma. Well, I'm not. It's in Norman. <laughs> that don't mean nothing. It means a lot. Um, Listen, and so I'm I, taking we forgot to do this. I'm sorry. We have to set a disclaimer. Joe uh, was like grew up an Oklahoma fan. I just want everyone to know this. So. This is true. I did. I grew up. I grew up the biggest Oklahoma fan in the world. Um, I, I should have said this I, from the out start. I sang. I sang a lot of Boomer Sooner back in the day. Um, I'm Gross. not currently an Oklahoma. Did you repent? Fan. Have you repented of that? Yeah, man. <laughs> of course, I have. I have a Heisman <laughs> Trophy because of a game against them. Um. <laughs> But I have them beating Baylor. Um, Then they go to West Virginia. I have them winning that game. My second loss on the year for them is I think they're going to lose at home in Bedlam. See, I go the other way. I don't think they're losing two years in a row to 
Bedlam. That's just me, though. Well, what, what do you so you have them winning? Okay, Iowa let me State, go. This. I have you them, have them winning West Virginia. I have them winning, beating Iowa State, losing to Baylor, beating West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech. Okay. So I don't even know how many. So I had four, five, six. So I have them like nine and three. No, nine and three. Right. So okay, I've got them ten and two. That's wrong. I think they lose to my Eight the games four. that I'm picking them to lose are Oklahoma State, and Nebraska. Um, I forgot about the Baylor win, so I have them eight and four, or Baylor loss, so I have them eight and four. Yeah, see, eight and four, that's just crazy to me, thinking about an eight and four Oklahoma team. It's happened, man. It happened. Yeah, but they don't, have, they don't have Blake Bell starting a quarterback. It happened, like, while well, you've been a Baylor fan. I, I, again, they don't have Blake Bell starting a quarterback. Um, yeah, but here's the thing. Yes, Dylan Gabriel, very successful, a, a very good quarterback. He's also been hurt in a history of being hurt. If he yeah, goes but dude, down, it's like as much as we nobody, as much as we clown on him, rightfully so, and as much of an awful human being as he is, Jeff Levy's offense works most of the time, and when it works, it can just blow the doors off of people. Um, now, there's going it, to be times that it doesn't it, work, which are like the sugar big rivalry moments. <laughs> So that's why I have them losing to Nebraska. Or when your quarterback gets hurt. I mean, I'm not saying he will, but it's a it's a if, physical game. And if there's a system, if there's a system that you can plug in a quarterback, it's that one. It's not yes. complex. As Baylor fans, we, we saw his quarterback get hurt, and it didn't work out <laughs> in the Sugar Bowl for Ole Miss and Jeff Levy. Well, that's the difference between <laughs> Mac. Well, it, it wasn't like it was working out for Matt Corral either. No. <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit more skeptical on, on Jeff Levy because I think some people have kind of figured out that system. It does work. I'm, I'm, but, I mean, when you run into – like you also have a lot of defenses. Like they're built in the Big 12 to stop that offense. Right, but one of the Iowa stalwarts of that built. is no longer at his school. So, and they replaced him with an offensive person. So, like, the TCU hammer is gone. True. I don't know who their defense coordinator is. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about that so much, but he is at Texas. So, you never know. Um, and then Iowa State, like, that's their whole, that they're built, their defense is built to stop that offense or similar offenses. And, of course, you know, we saw what, what Dave Aranda can do to, uh, I mean, Oklahoma in general. His defense kind of shuts them down. Even we lost that game in um, 2020, uh, we held them to, like, their lowest points of the season. So, yeah. I mean, they, I just think you have some – We have a lot of moral there. victories against Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, 2017. Did you listen to our daily podcast this week? Uh, I haven't yet, no. Okay, yeah. They talk about our like moral victories, and it was a question that uh, was twenty seventeen. Was that the Stidham year? No, that was um, one in eleven. But it's when oh, we was that Charlie? Like, was no, that, that was no, that was whenever um, Zach um, threw like had like four hundred something yards on him. And, That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we like lost by like eight. I think it's like forty one, forty nine. It was a raining like game too. I think wasn't it raining that game? I don't know. It was in McLean. I remember it. Was I know. I went. I was there for that game. 
but yeah, so that's their basically their thing was like, what's the best loss that you walked out of feeling good about? And that was one of the ones they talked about because yeah, you leave that game you're like, yeah, we can play with anybody, even though we wouldn't win. Uh, yeah, we couldn't beat anybody. Another yet. game, <laughs> but um, we could beat we could beat yeah. Kansas, which some people still struggle with. Sometimes when I'm feeling low and and down, I'll just go and put on a clip of the 2014 Oklahoma game in Norman. Dude, Never. I watched I watched that that second half drive. So I it, I watch it monthly at at minimum. Um, and just. Um, I'll never forget that drive against Oklahoma, man. They Having ran, them getting getting OU fans to boo OU in at OU. <laughs> that's I think that's they should put like a rating on on that clip. <laughs> Cause it is so okay. I think it's safe to say at this point then that you've got you're taking the under on that nine and a half. Well, I'm taking the over. This is that's my my mindset. But I have when I say that, I have a lot of things that have to go against Oklahoma. Like I have them losing like back to back games from at Nebraska and Kansas State. Hey, if there's if there's if there are back to back games to be lost in their schedule, it's that. Like Kansas State is an intriguing team and, this year. And, my and mindset, again, if we want to talk about consistency in college football, one of the things that's consistent is that Kansas State likes to annoy Oklahoma. Yeah, and I, I just keep on going back to you have a first year, first time head coach. Baylor struggled in. 2020 with Dave Aranda, kind of doing the exact same thing. Texas, while last year he wasn't a first-time head coach, he was a first-year head coach, and they struggled. And you can go back and say that's just, you know, Texas being doing Texas things, but it's the same kind of like a first-year head coach, new system, new voices in the room, and it, it can take a little bit longer to get those kinks worked out. And especially if you're coming off of, two easy victories with UTEP and Kansas state. And then, like I said, it's going to Nebraska's is going to be a tough game on the road, historic rivalry. You know, like you said, they, you know, they barely beat them last year. So I just think that it's going to be, there's going to have to be some type of transition period. And I have them closing good, but I think at first it may be a little bit of, um, a tough go of it to start the season. I, I I understand that, but I think there's just still, even though he's never been a head coach with the guys that he has on that staff with him and how long he's been around and who he's coached under, he coached under Bill Snyder. He coached under Bob Stoops and he coached under Dabo Swinney. And True. that's who Venables has learned from. And, and I don't think that there is a better three headed monster that you could learn from than Snyder, who is arguably, you know, top 10 head coaches of all time in the sport, considering what he did at Kansas State. Mm -hmm. You've got Bob Stoops, who's a Hall of Famer, and you've got Dabo Swinney, who's going to be a Hall of Famer. So if there's anybody that could come in and step in and kind of have fewer kinks than other people, I think it's Venables. And I think it's just going to go back to the hiccups that they're going to have are going to be in the emotional games. And... Absolutely. That's where I think you're going to see them struggle. But I still think being Oklahoma and the talent that they'll have on the field will be enough to get them through everything else. And so I'm, I'm taking the 10 That's wins. what I'm saying. Like the two coaches I mentioned, they went two and seven and five and seven. I'm saying he's going to go eight and four as a yeah, transitional that's struggle year. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going to not make a bowl game. I just think it will be transitioning. You're still going to be a really good team, and you're going to be a really good team at the end of the year. 
and where it counts. So, but I could be wrong. I think I've listened, like I've, I really like Kendall Cowd and Travis, they've really like talked me into this and convinced me of the eight and four Oklahoma. The eight and four Oklahoma, man. <laughs> that may be the title of the episode, the eight and four Oklahoma. The eight and four Oklahoma. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, it could break the other way. I just think they're closer to the under. I'm closer to nine. They are to 10 wins. In my, they're gonna they're gonna end up nine two and one. I hope so because I'm a. <laughs> oh wait, you can't tie in college football anymore. Never mind, it's not possible. Let's figure it out. Let's figure, yeah, figure it out. Just give them a tie somehow. It has to be a tie. What are we gonna do? Two point conversions off. <laughs> okay, so I mean, my only the you know I've called, talked about the questions. Their their quarterback room is a little bit light, and like if. And I'm not hoping – I hope Dylan Gabriel has a perfectly healthy season and it does really well because I do like him as a quarterback. But if something were to happen, if even like a game or two, like even if it's just something that's not serious, they don't have a lot behind him. And so that would make me nervous if I was an Oklahoma fan. Who is their backup quarterback now? I have no idea. They, they lost Caleb Williams to USC. Spencer Rattler Spencer went Rattler, to South the other Carolina. USC. Yep. And so, yeah, I don't even know. Let's look this up. But, yeah, so while you do that, I'll go continue to talk and say, but, you know, it could break the other way. I could definitely see them going and being 10 and 2. That's not out of the realm of possibility. They're Oklahoma, like you said. I just think there's more against them than on their side. And so the chances of them maybe being 9 and 3 or 8 and 4, I don't think they're going to be 7 and 5. I don't think they're going to be, you know, six and six, but they'll be in that um, very good, but not elite level of the Big 12. Okay, fair enough. So they have. So, yes, Dylan Gabriel is the one. Now, this is not a depth chart, uh, but we do know that Dylan Gabriel will be their starting quarterback. But on the roster, they have besides Gabriel, one, two, three, four, five quarterbacks. So they have five quarterbacks on the team. Um, and I forget, I, I've heard this name before. I don't know if he's supposed to be good or not, but he is on Oklahoma's team. So he's in the quarterback room. They have general booty. Okay. So the quarterback out of Allen, Texas uh, <laughs> transferred from Tyler junior college. His name is general booty. Okay. Okay. So looking, so like there's this website called our lads and they have like, they have a 2020, I don't, this isn't official, but this is a 2022 depth chart. So they have Dale and Gabriel behind him. They have Nick Evers, who's a freshman, freshman at a flower mound. They have Davis Beville, Bevel, Bevel out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Out of Pitt. He, oh, so he's another transfer. And then the aforementioned Mr. Booty. Yeah. Transfer out of Tyler junior college. Did he, so he, I thought he went somewhere else before Tyler. Did he? Okay, I'm going to Google General Booty. Just Wait, I'm going to look at the bio. Yeah, let's see here. I looked at his bio. I didn't see anything. Um, yeah, there is nothing his... on Oklahoma's website for his bio. His, yeah, I'm going to his 247. Um, you click on bio, and it's absolutely blank. There's nothing there. So he was, yeah, he was not rated at all. Um 
coming out of high school. How is someone named General Booty? He's the son of former LSU wide receiver Abram Booty. And his uh, uncle Josh Booty was an LSU and NFL quarterback. Huh. Well, he's definitely on the all all the name team, that's for sure. All name team, congratulations, Oklahoma. You've won the quarterback position with General Booty. Yeah, he got like no offers. Yeah, no offers. Like he had like Liberty, ULM, Yale, Nichols, McNeese, Presbyterian. I don't know what Presbyterian is. Uh, Presbyterian College, New Mexico, and then uh, I guess he went to Jun- uh, we said Tyler. Tyler Junior College, yeah. And then he committed to Oklahoma. So hey, there sometimes you go. Juco, Juco route works. Good job, buddy. So yeah, so basically, if something were to happen. They are in a rough spot. Yeah, they'll have. Wise. So it sounds like Evers is is the second string then. So they'd have a true freshman coming. True in. freshman, which you don't know how that's going to go. So no, Evers yeah. is a four star. He yeah, was like the no. he was a top ten quarterback nationally. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you like I said, you don't know how that that could go. Very that could break very good for you, um, or it could go the opposite direction. So. It's just, it, I guess it's the unknown, right? So, you know what you have in Dylan Gabriel. You know how good he is. You're, you're gonna hope that he doesn't miss any time. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, it's, it's just you don't know. It's, it's just the question of like we don't know how it's gonna go at that point. And that's fair. But I look at these schedules in the, in the, the light of like what is the, like what could this team be? And I can, and I can see ten wins in this team. Yeah, like I was saying, like you could definitely. I could definitely see 10 wins. I mean, it's not a, a stretch. I'm just leaning more on the uh, – there has to be a transition, in my opinion, to going from the consistency you had. Because you're not just changing your head coach. I mean, it's like – it's a whole new defense, a whole new offense, um, new coaches, new voices in the room. So, I think there's going to be a, a growing pain. We shall see. Yes, Indeed. Does Oklahoma hiccup? We'll find out in this season of college football. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, Joe. That's all I have for Oklahoma. Did you want to sing Boomer soon or anything like that before we go and move no, on? No, I don't want to. I've sang Boomer sooner enough in my life. Okay. All right. So, is there anything? We know you went to Garth Brooks. So, moving into more of our pop culture section, do you is there anything else you? been watching or anything that's caught your attention outside of the world of sports and college football? Well, it's the world of sports because football is back. Premier League. Football, as as the rest of the world calls it, at least. And your boys, they got it. They got it done. They did. And we are top of the table with goal differential right now. So, yeah. One game in, already won the league. Yeah, My my uh, Tottenham Hotspur um, boys knocked off Southampton four to one Saturday morning. It was glorious. Yeah, I watched it. And uh it could have been worse. Didn't they call a goal? Back there was one that they could have had that was offside. Um okay. yeah. But um but yeah it was uh it was uh it was a very very wonderful start to the season and your your Manchester City boys uh did perfectly well today as well. Yeah they uh came with a dub um I saw Liverpool 
to, to Peter Pope's uh, very much uh, um, anger. Yeah, Liverpool uh, drew in their first game of the year. So I got to learn the lingo. <laughs> so so yeah, so that's that's it. Uh, I was in there. I was watching it. You know, because it's it's one of those things like football hasn't started yet of any sort, really. Um, and it was you know weekend morning. I was up. Everyone else was asleep. I was drinking coffee, and then I realized. There's Premier League, so I turned on. There's sports on. Yeah, that matter. So like it's real games. Premier League was drinking coffee, watching European football. So it was a good time. Yeah. And- so I mean, I, I watched that this weekend, and then since last week, I, I haven't really. I really wanted to watch Prey this weekend, um, and I've seen everybody. Everybody's gone and seen, or not gone and seen it, but watched it on Hulu already. Um, but because we had the concert last night, yeah. Um, you know, and we have the baby. It just, I have, I did not have any time to watch it yet this weekend. I did. Um, it's very good. I liked it very much. So definitely when you get a chance, give it a, what's your experience with predator universe? I've seen, I, I don't think there's one I haven't seen except I mean, maybe I haven't seen, I've seen two is two the one where they're like in the, in LA. So two. Yeah. That's Danny Glover. Yeah, Danny is, Glover. I've seen that one once. And so, yeah. but original Predator, I've seen a thousand times. I've seen all the AVPs. I saw the last, like, what was it? Just Predators? The Predator? There's Predators, which is 2010. And then there's, the, I think the 2018 was The Predator. The Predator, where where he uh, he faces like, off. That's a horrible film. I'm sorry. Yeah, it wasn't um, good, but it was still like. I don't know. I look at Predator movies just to be just stupid fun. So I've seen one and two, and that's it. Okay. You haven't seen any of the Alien versus Predators? I, I haven't seen any Alien versus Predator. I, I would say that's it. I've seen some of the Predator, the one that came out in 2018. Okay. But I haven't watched the full the whole film. Dude, go go watch AVP, the first one. So I wasn't really, I'm not really into it. And then this didn't when I heard that it was coming out, like I didn't even care. Like I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't have anything to do with it. Then I saw someone tweet and they're like, man, this is good. And then it's on Hulu. And I was like, well, that's easy access. I can turn that on right now. Um, and I watched it and it's really, it's really good. It's a really good movie. So I would definitely recommend it. I, uh, I'm very excited to watch it. Um, one thing that did happen in my life this week is I do. So in our house, one of the reasons that we, we got it was it had like a bonus room mm. that um, wasn't attached to a bathroom and it didn't have a closet. So it was like, okay, this is perfect to be like a media room. Yeah. And so like, we've got a TV in there. And so it had this like little corner in it that we'd always wanted to do something with. And so this past week we couldn't use it because I had somebody putting in some, uh, some like cabinets with a little mini fridge in there too. Oh. So we got that done. So now uh, over the next few weeks, it is, it's going to be movie time for sure. And pray is probably first on the list. Um, and then my yeah. wife wants to watch um, all of the John wick movies because she hadn't seen them. So oh, she watched the out. Yeah, and the new one's coming out. So we watched the first one a couple of weeks ago. Um, so she wants to watch two and three. So we'll watch we'll watch those so that she can go see um, four when it comes out. Yeah, so. And then two weeks, we've got Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's, a, 
it's high time for content coming and we've got andor coming soon oh that trailer is so good there's another thing that's happened this week that trailer was i watched that trailer you know because you kind of get this sometimes you when you get away from star wars for me or this is for me um and sometimes i i won't really think about it or forget that you know this shows coming out so i didn't I, I had forgotten completely when andor was scheduled to come out then when i saw the trailer posted um, i think you or peter put it in on twitter and i was like oh boy, i forgot about that and i watched the trailer and i was like oh i'm all in i can't wait for this yeah i'm all in on this show it's gonna be so good it's gonna be really good and it looks like it looks good and it looks like you know they spent the right money on it to make it look good and I'm just really excited, especially it's supposed to be 12 episodes. Yeah, it's not like a mini length. thing like they did yeah. with Obi-Wan. So it gives you time to develop characters and tell your story, but doesn't overly, you know, like oversaturate it with too many episodes to where you have any kind of uh, filler. And they're dropping three episodes three. in the first week, which makes me want to think that the first two or probably first two and a half or what you're talking about, a ton of backstory and not a whole lot of action. And then the end of the third one will be yeah. something that hooks you. Yeah. Well, yeah, if they're that's, doing, that's what I'm yeah. betting will happen. Yeah, you're probably right. Cause I mean, just if you take like context clues from the trailer, there is going to be some type of like and or backstory. Yep. And we're going to see like. a lot of, it, it appears we're going to see a lot of galactic politics. Well, this is supposed to be like, you know, this is like Star Wars spy thriller, right? I think Correct. that's how they're espionage, and that's what you're gonna get a lot of, like, um, a lot of that. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I haven't, I've been watching West World, but I haven't watched it. I kind of like fell off after episode five, and I, I need to get caught up, but I haven't really been keeping up with it. Other things going on, and just. Westworld's a weird. I don't know. You said you haven't watched it, right? I I watched the first season and I just okay. didn't care about it. So yeah, so it's one of those things like you have to, if if it gets you out of it, it's hard to get back in because it's it's just it's a weird show, right? So it's just it's one of those things where I haven't really gotten back into it yet because it would happen like comes on Sunday nights and it'd be come around to it and I was like, well, I can watch it tomorrow and then it kind of like just keeps on kicking down the road so but i am looking forward to the house of the dragon which is like you said a couple weeks um i mean it's going to be big like say andor i think is the end of september or somewhere around there 18th or 21st something like that and then you have um the lord of the rings i forgot the name of it on amazon yeah we are about to just be spoiled Right in the middle and of the beginning of football season, so yeah, it's it's oh, dude, it's it's so great. We're the the time of year that we're about to hit, where like the summer's awesome because you can go do whatever you want to do, and you don't you're not you never have to worry about missing anything. And during the summer, like you, yeah. could, it's it's nice to have, but it's also nice to get back to kind of like the serial things in our life that you can count on happening every week. I really like shows that come out weekly. I really like that. I know like my Saturdays are going to be, I get to spend them watching college football. I have things to look forward to during the week. Um, it's well, going to be great a football fan, like in general, like college NFL football fan. 
that someone had mentioned like since from Thursday on, well, last Thursday where they had like a uh, preseason game, Hall of Fame game, there's not a week without football until February. Yep. So we're going to – there's there's preseason football this week. If you want to catch up on what some of your Baylor players are doing in the uh, NFL and camp, um, trying to make rosters. So then you have essentially two weeks of that before we have a week zero. Yeah, we there's see. only, what, two Saturdays left where we two don't Saturdays. have any college football. This coming Saturday and then the one after. And then from that point, it's college football. The most so it's wonderful, here. Most wonderful time of the year. It's here. And we're we're going to have, dude, we're going to have Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Game of Thrones. We're going to have college football. We're going to have college basketball kicking off. Like, there's going to be a point here in the next two months, two plus months, where we're going to have everything. More than we know what to do with. Yeah, that's because so like Star Wars, I wonder, like normally they did like Wednesdays, right? With Obi-Wan mm-hmm. or is that? I'm trying to see. So, yeah, so that's another Wednesday drop. So let, you got Andor starting on the 21st of September on Wednesday. And then you have Thursday night football. And then, of course, Friday night football. And then the weekend. And then um, on Wednesdays, sometimes you're going to have Maction. Yeah, and starting in November. So, yeah, so, I mean. It's going to, like, Star Wars, if it's, I mean, I know it's, like, so they drop in three, so then that means there's nine more weeks. So it's going to roll into November. So, yeah, so you're going to have Star Wars and Maxion, and, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be a busy week. And we haven't talked about, like, the Rings of Power on Amazon, really. Mm-mm. So. And then yeah. once all that's over, like, all once all the shows are over, yeah, we get the World Cup. Yeah, and you're still right in the middle of the college football season. College football season, yeah. Yep. So yeah, so this is kind of the enjoy it. So because this is kind of the calm before the storm. So like for me, it's like I get I'm gonna spend some time with my family and uh, do some like dad things because pretty soon it's like it's it's all all about things that are going on. And luckily, I can incorporate them, you know, especially the Star Wars. I can incorporate them with me. So, and football. So, yeah, your there, girls are there's, cool. there's no, uh, there's no going, no, no like Saturday uh, trips anywhere. So, we're not going to the, the farmer's market. Unless I start incorporating this, and you may do this, you know, the solid verbal has this thing like window of opportunity to where like, these games aren't great, but I've always been like every football game is good. So I don't care. I don't really espouse that um, ideology of I can go do something in the early game window. Cause no, I don't get enough college football. So I'm going to watch what I can while I can see my rule. And this is, this is how I keep everybody in my life. Happy is it's the Baylor game is non-negotiable. Yeah. And besides that, sure. Like I will pay attention to something like, if we need to go run errands or, or my wife wants to go to lunch with somebody or like whatever, you know, whatever it may be stuff that stuff that happens like the Baylor game on a Saturday is generally non-negotiable unless there's, you know, extreme circumstances, but everything else, like I'm like, okay, I'll go, I'll pay attention to it on ESPN. I'll kind of like have it on in the background with the sound off or something like that. Like, um, but yeah, burned too many times with plans during a Baylor game. Right. 
Like I was at Six Flags during the, um, I want to say it was the 2016 Baylor Texas game, where it was that's when it was like 50 to 49 or something like that, some crazy game. And in like two Texas Baylor games, I've been like at an event and I've, I just will never do that again. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh... what I try to do is like, if we're going to do something, um, it has to be before 11. As long as I, if you want to go to the farmer's market at nine. Absolutely. Let's go. As long as we're back by 11. That'll probably be happening more and more in my life. Now that I wake up early, I used to be very, very late sleeper ever since the baby. I'm up at pretty much six every day. So, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. So, like, that is how I conditioned myself to do that. When my youngest was born, my wife would get up in the night with the older toddler, and I would sleep, but I would get up, like, at 5 a.m. when my baby woke up and feed her and do all that stuff, and I would just be up and drink coffee. So, I was just, I'm just up. So, yeah, that kind of conditioned my body to, like, I just, I just, even when I trust, like, I'm sleeping in, I'm still up, sleeping in, I'm up by 7 at the latest. Mm. so and that's just a natural thing that my body is conditioned to do i know there's some crazy people who get up like at four o'clock and i'm not that person yet but you got like it in be. you i, I would can, like to I can, be i can sense that you've got it in you yeah that's like i aspire to be if i want to join like the, the 4 a.m club i guess that, that's my goal in life right now oh god that sounds so terrible. i used to do it i used to um during uh during loki i would get up at 4 a.m oh you're an insane person get coffee and watch like the new episode of uh loki during whenever that was uh premiering oh that's just that's (laughs) i can't imagine anything worse oh man drink coffee and it was great and quiet and i just watched my show anyway (laughs) that's all i got that's all i'm watching you know waiting for foot waiting for football season waiting for football well, Matt, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Workman. You can find the podcast at The Baradin Pod. How about you, Joe? And you can find me on Twitter at The underscore Joe underscore Goodman. And um, make sure you go check out the uh, the pod's Twitter account and throw any questions you have our sure, way. Yes. And once we collect enough, we'll do an answer episode. And are you still uh, creating content for um, Our Daily Bears? I am, yeah. I yeah. Uh, lately the the main thing I've been doing is following along the um, the Brittany Griner story. Um, so okay. any of the stories you see pop up there, those are from me. Okay. All right. Yes. And on that note, we would definitely want everyone to send positive vibes, whatever you can, towards uh, Brittany Griner and her family, and uh, to get her home as soon as we can. Absolutely. But until next time, Joe. Uh, as always, sick and bears. Yep, second bears, Matt. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.